Demarcus Covington, maybe Nick Cayley? Sounds to us like the New England Patriots are trying to get the best of both worlds. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for kicking off your week in style right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots, folks, is free and available on all platforms, so smash that subscribe button on YouTube, and don't forget to download and or follow wherever you get your podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Fan Nation. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to Locked On Patriots social media style, please follow us there as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And of course, folks, today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. And use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And Pats fans, of course, your New England Patriots continue their search for the coordinators in Foxborough. Word has it the Patriots are close or at least have settled on the idea that Demarcus Covington will become the new defensive coordinator in New England. And a lot of reports out there indicating that old friend and former tight ends coach Nick Cayley may be quote-unquote well-positioned to become the new offensive coordinator. And one of those guys that dropped some of those pearls of wisdom is sitting right next to me today, as always, right here, my good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, the legendary Thomas Murphy. Don Murph, thank you for coming to me today in friendship. (laughs) Yeah, called it. (laughs) Told you. Hate to say I told you so, but I love it. Um, but we knew this was going to happen. We knew Demarcus Covington was going to end up being the um, the DC here, and uh, he, it's because you know he he earned it. Murph, when it comes to choosing a coordinator, the New England Patriots definitely want some new, some fresh ideas. But keeping some familiarity in that room right. is very important, and I think it speaks well to the candidates that have supposedly gone to the top of that echelon. Covington looks pretty much like a done deal. And our good friend, Ted, from Chicopee, Mass., again, folks, one of our longtime everydayers out there, a longtime supporter of Locked On Patriots, had, I think, the question of the week. And that's what we're going to lead off with today here, folks. On Mailbag Monday, Ted wants to know, are the Patriots making the right moves with Demarcus Covington as defensive coordinator and possibly Nick Cayley as offensive coordinator? Murph, without further ado, what are your reactions to these moves, and are they the right moves for the Patriots? Yeah, I think they are the right moves. Um, You know, as as we said, we called it last week that Covington was going to be the the D.C., but the Patriots are going through, uh, I don't want to call it the motions. They're they're taking the right steps in making these decisions. They're actually going out and um and interviewing multiple candidates and seeing what they can get out of them. And um and making this a, a a true search on uh on both sides of the ball 
for that next guy. They're not just naming somebody. They they knew Covington was going to be the uh, the DC. They did. Mm-hmm. They, they they've known it. Um, uh, Mayo's known it for quite some time, but they to go through this process is is something that that I think is very important, not just for um, league rules, but to to just see who's out there and what they're thinking, what they they wanted to do with this defense, with this offense going into uh, 2024. Um, so no, I think they're going about it the right way, but I think the guys that they're, they're deciding to bring in is, um, is a testament to doing things the right way, the Patriot way. And, um, and just the, the only thing holding them back is money. Hmm. Honestly, the, the only thing holding them back is, is, is money. I, I'm of the, the thinking that, that, um, that Bob Robert Kraft is is still in that mode where well they're getting paid somewhere else to do this so we're going to have them do this and they're still going to be on that contract and I'm not going to have to boom up that cash I mean mm-hmm. like it or not you know we we've uh, we've talked about it at nauseum that the Patriots were have been 30th for almost a decade now in cash spending okay they're not they don't spend that kind of that 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 translates to the coaching staff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this has not been the, the best paid coaching staff on the planet. They've uh, they've relied on coaches working off of other contracts um, uh, at a, uh, a much higher pay scale than um, when they bring them back in here. So most of their contracts are still being paid by other teams. Robert Kraft loves that. Mm. Do you blame them? Do you, do you, they've been some fine coaches brought in, a couple of not so fine coaches brought in and put in position where they shouldn't be coaching, but he was saving a buck. All right. Right now, you've got to pay mm. that money to get those guys here for putting in that kind of work. And, you know, we don't know what the pay structure is going to look like for Demarcus Covington just yet. I will say that if you're looking for a robust resume, folks, you've got it. This is not just yep. an internal hire that was a comfortable fit here. No. This guy can do it and he can do it at a high level. Started out as the outside linebackers coach here in 2019, yep. quickly was moved to the defensive line. And look at that D-line look since at 2020, oh since he's taken over, especially when there was so much uncertainty and poor play on the offensive side of the ball, on yeah. special teams. Defense was going to be required to step it up and to be that alpha in the room, and they were. Number seven overall in defense in the NFL, and the stat I love to keep coming back to, 3.3 yards per rush, the lowest Ooh. in the NFL this year. That is the lowest a Patriots defensive line has allowed since the 1970 merger, Murph. That's Damn. how long it's been. And here in New England, the Pats have had some pretty formidable defenses. Right. For you to be able to make that claim, and folks, I understand, it's a total team effort. The linebackers had a lot to do with that. I'm not downplaying it, but it starts up front, and that D-line was ready, and Demarcus Covington had them ready. So, great move uh, with this. I don't think there's any question that the Patriots are making the right move here. That's it. Before we take our leave of this subject, and before we take our leave of Ted's question, Murph, he does mention Nick Cayley here. Now, yep. you and I mentioned Kaylee last week, and I actually dropped a couple of uh, tidbits that I actually ended up writing about over the weekend and mm. how Kaylee kind of represents what I like to call the best of both worlds in New England. If right. he is the guy, are the Patriots making the right call here and bringing him in? I do. Um, I think uh, what's going to happen here is you're going to see a slow progression of a switch in uh, offensive philosophies, an amalgamation of um 
of two different styles of offensive football. And Gailey going out there to L.A. and learning what's happening there. And, and it, we're, we're talking about even two different styles of, of offense out there in um, in L.A., because McVeigh has switched from that 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 wide zone more to a mm-hmm. gap zone um, uh, style of football, so he's learned both of those. Plus, coming back here and learning the the Earhart system, that uh, it, plus growing up here and learning that Earhart system mm-hmm. is really going to help w- if they bring him in here. It's really going to be a a factor because um, whether you like it or not. Whether um, you thought it was as funny as some of the guys out there in L.A. Uh, thought it was, that the Patriots right now do not have the offensive line to run those different kinds of systems. So show a little patience with it. Don't expect mm. a switch right over to, um, you know, a McVay-style system right away. Because while the, the Patriots still have Cole Strange on the, the offensive line, it was a good pick. Um, they, they, they don't necessarily have the other pieces that are going to fit into a different system right now. Now we've talked before about the need to bring in, um, new blood on the offensive line, alt is the pick and, um, and bringing some people back still going to be very important to, to be patient and, and just see how much gets thrown at these guys early on. Mm. Very good point. Excellent point about the offensive line and the personnel to be able to run what you need. Because I think in a lot of ways, the battle tests now that Nick Cayley has in both systems really makes him an ideal fit. I really think this is not only the only move that the Patriots can make. I believe it's the right one, even with other alternatives and other opportunities out there. You look at what Nick did when he first came into New England. Takes over for Brian Dayball. Yep. Brian Dayball is leaving. He's going to Alabama. He's going to take a job at Nick Saban's staff. He has to come in. He has to learn that Belichickian stamped Earhart Perkins system. And I think Nick did a masterful job of being able yep. to learn that. And, and Josh McDaniels gave him a lot of credit for that as well. Dwayne Allen was someone that came in at the same Ooh, time yeah. that Nick Cayley was here. And I remember him speaking very glowingly about Nick and saying that he's a grinder. He's a guy that's going to continue to learn. Yep. He doesn't act like he knows more than everyone else in the room, but you respect that he does know more than everyone else in the room. And that's something that is intrinsic in a coach and someone that you know players are going to want to follow. Did a great job of running the system here in New England, was able to manage guys like Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett, even Hunter Henry for a brief period of time. He goes over to Los Angeles and everyone's saying, okay, well, here we go. This is going to be a complete move in in the other direction because it's going to be outside zone. What does Sean McVay bring him in for? He brings him in right. because he wants to, like you said, Murph, incorporate more of a gap run game. And that right. was something Nick, and he gives Nick a lot of credit for devising a lot of those blocking schemes that really helped that system work for Los Angeles this year. Not only that, the incorporation of more diversified motion concepts. You look at what the Rams ran this year, folks. It wasn't simply using motion to create favorable angles in the running game. They used it to create advantages for the passing game as well. And what's one of the tenets of that Earhart Perkins system that Nick Cayley knows so well, Murph? You throw to score, you run to win. That's exactly what the Patriots did up here for a number of years. It would not surprise me if Nick Cayley takes the reins of this offense, Mm -hmm. if that's what you see him do. So keep a sharp eye, folks, on the Patriots' 
coordinator hirings and what's going to go on in the comings and going. And Ted, to put a cap on your great question today, I quote Shakespeare, what is past is prologue. And I think that's what you're seeing in New England. And I think Good that's what call. you're going to continue to see in New England as well, folks. And that is not a bad thing, no matter what you may read on social media or no matter the canned responses that you might get elsewhere. Using Listen, some of that familiarity is definitely going to be a good thing moving forward. And Gerard Mayo knows it. Right. Ted, excellent question. Tip of the Great cat. Question, and what a way to kick off Mailbag Monday, Murph. We love getting your questions, especially when they put the finger on the pulse of Pat's Nation. And Murph, as we move on, we're going to also get another question from a very valued everydayer out there who wants to know a little bit about a position of concern for the Patriots. Right now, there is only one player under contract for this position heading into 2024. You know that's going to change either through free agency or through the draft. Who should the Patriots be keeping their sharp eye on? Murph and I are going to tell you in just a moment when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, the countdown to the big game has begun, and there is no better time to use prize picks the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. In fact, they're the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling all the thousands of other players, including all those pros and sharks out there, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And here's the best part, folks. You're going to love this. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. And that's for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. And prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So don't delay. Do it today. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's a first deposit match up to $100 by going to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Pats fans, thank you once again for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots. It is Mailbag Monday. It is hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. Folks, we are already having a blast absorbing some of the wisdom and counsel that all of you everydayers drop here on Locked On Patriots each and every day, but especially on Mailbag Monday. You really get to showcase your knowledge and flex your muscle a little bit, and we love that here. Murph, in the previous segment, we talked about the Patriots coordinators and how they may shape the offense and the defense in a new mold, but still maintaining a lot of that vintage savvy that has made them successful for the past 24 years. That definitely has to translate to personnel because once the coaching staff is set, this team is going to quickly pivot to potential free agent targets as well as draft targets. And one of the big positions that I know is a concern of a lot of people out there especially our beloved Countess, who we miss here very much on these airwaves. Got to get our Countess of Class back here in the studio pretty soon, Claire Cooper. Tight endage, folks, um, to quote you know, a term that Claire really coined. Yep. Right now, the Patriots only have one tight end under contract. Right. That's LaMichael Petway. 
you know they're not going to go into 2024 with only one tight end under contract. So obviously the Patriots are either going to have to pull upon internal free agents, external free agents, or draft targets. Murph, we've talked several times about how we believe that Hunter Henry should be back here. I know yep. you've been very vocal about wanting to see Farrell Brown come back. I do. Mike Gusecki, I think he gave you everything he had in the system yeah. for one year. Probably you're looking at maybe moving on from Mike, but who knows? I mean, I still think Mike is a solid option compared to what's out there free right. agent-wise. But one of our everydayers wants to know where the Patriots are going to go. So it's time for us to put on our prognostication caps, which we have today, folks, and we're going to do so. And we do so at the request of one of our very favorites here. Leslie at Cape Cod Gurley would like to know, is there a tight end in free agency or the draft that you feel the Pats should go after? Murph, let's start with free agency. Right. Internal, external, which way would you go? Is there someone outside the organization that's catching your eye right now? Have at it, my friend. What, what I would, would you stay, do tight end? I would stay internal. Mm -hmm. If it came down to it, I would uh, definitely uh, use the franchise tag on Hunter Henry. That's only if it came down to it and you didn't want to uh, – smartly use it on Mike on Wayu. Uh, but I think Henry, um, even though it hasn't been very successful, likes it here. I I'm on, uh, on record that, that I want to see the Patriots keep walking like an Egyptian and bring back Farrell Brown. <laughs> um, but I mean, Dalton Schultz is out there. Um, Gerald Everett would be, would be a, mm. uh, an interesting, uh, pickup at the age of 29 and a half, yeah. you know, um, Had a nice year this year. Yeah, he did. And here, here's a name for you that I'm going to throw out there. Um, Irv Smith jr. Mm. Uh, son of my good friend, Irv Smith senior, uh, <laughs> would look really good in a Patriots uniform and in, uh, whatever scheme the Patriots might want to, uh, bring back, uh, bring back or evolve into here. Uh, I think uh, Smith is is somebody that would um, would definitely fit the bill here and is is not a huge name, at least not as big as dad. <laughs> Irv Smith is someone that we talked about several times here on these airwaves when yeah. he's coming out in the draft. And I think that would be an interesting uh, pickup for the Pats as well. You can probably get him on a reduced contract, something that you won't necessarily have to break the bank for. And he, I think, could give you maximum return on investment. That's one to watch, folks. But I agree with you. If I'm the general manager of the New England Patriots. I'm doing what I can do, what's mostly reasonable to do, to bring right. back Hunter Henry. Because of the fact that this guy is well-versed in being able to succeed in any type of offense that you want to run here in new england he's not a phenomenal blocker folks i'm not going to sit here and pretend that he is but he is better than some of the pundits will give him credit for um i think he can adapt and his ability to play the y to me is the best right now that's out there on the open market so my wish list is henry and pharaoh and bring those guys back we switch gears to the draft, Murph, because Leslie did ask about the draft as oh, well. Leslie's and there are, there are players that will catch your sharp eye. Obviously, Brock Bowers is not happening. The Patriots no. are not using a first-round pick on that, a tight that's end. A, that's a luxury. That, that, yeah. That's an absolute luxury to be able to – this is a top-10 pick. And it, it, it's somebody that, that if, um, if you're Cincinnati – even mm -hmm. though Cincinnati has, you know, it, it, that's the pick that that they take there. Yeah. If you're in that mold, if you're you're somebody who's picking much higher than you probably should have been because of injury or uh, intrigue or or whatever, for whatever reason, it, it, he is a um, he is a final piece. 
yeah. to put you over the top. You know, it's it's like in the the 70s or 80s and you you end up having um uh you know, the Vikings picks. Mm. And and <laughs> you're you're Dallas with the Vikings. Yeah, yeah let, let's go ahead. We'll we'll take a we'll take another uh running back here or a tight end here. But no, that's that's not happening this year in in New England. I agree with you. And look, there's a lot of reasons why. You want to talk about Bauer's performance and his prowess, folks. You can talk about it as a pass catcher all day long. A very good mismatch receiver. I mean, this guy can take what an opponent does and he can throw it back in your face and use it to his own advantage. That's very rare in a receiver, very rare in a tight end. Yeah. Excellent route running, very good route runner, good quickness. Um, he gives you the yak. He gives you the run after the catch, the yards after the catch that you love. One thing that worries me about Bowers in terms of being a franchise tight end, folks, 6'4", a lot of people will say undersized. I don't think right. undersized, I don't, but yeah. I do think that there that may lead to difficulty as an inline blocker for him. So that's something to watch when it comes to uh, Brock Bowers this season. Keep an eye on him and how he's able to adapt. That's the reason why I don't think it's worth it for the Patriots to invest the first right. or maybe, you know, from trades or anything. There are a lot of different ways that you can work getting the player that you want. I don't think the Patriots are going to go that route because no. you already have a player very similar in stature with the type of pro level experience you need in Hunter Henry. So I think that'd be a little bit more redundant. Murph, when you look at the top to bottom list on this tight end class, anybody else other than Bowers stand out for you that could be a good fit here in New England? Jatavion Sanders mm -hmm. out of Texas. I want mm -hmm. him. I do. I want him in the third round. Uh, it, it, he, he's a fantastic talent, though, though he, he's not um, heralded for his blocking. I think he can play in in line and spread out, uh, you know, and slot it out. Uh, he he's the man. He he's the guy that 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 the Patriots should covet there in the third round, which might be a little early for him. But uh, I, I don't mind rolling those dice on a talent that that could be uh, game changing. Now now when I say game changing, I I I don't mean Russ Francis here, people. Okay, I don't I don't mean Rob Gronkowski. But he's a guy that that you know you could depend on here for the next five to seven years, and uh, and be worthy of a second contract. One mm -hmm. guy that has caught my eye a little, but I think has more potential than he's shown on his college film, and someone I'm going to be watching very closely at the Senior Bowl coming up this week is Jared Wiley, a tight end out of TCU, six seven two sixty, very well sized, had a pretty good season. For the Horn Frogs this year, 47 yep. receptions, 520 yards, eight touchdowns. I think a big player, someone that could be groomed into being that Y-level tight end heir apparent to a guy like Hunter Henry. I really want to look forward to yep. see what he's going to do at the Senior Bowl this week. Someone who I think can really show and increase his draft capital with a big showing this week. Uh, he also could be someone that could be laying in the weeds that the Patriots could take a late round flyer on. So that's a guy I'm watching. But bottom line, folks, there may be people that you're there may be tight ends that you have your eye on. Drop a comment in the section yeah. below. We'd love to hear who you're watching as a Patriots potential pick in this upcoming NFL draft. Folks, there are so many options for the Pats right now and so many positions of need. But ultimately, Leslie, to answer your question, I think the Patriots are better off going homegrown when it comes to right. tight endage talent and maybe seeing if you can pick up a diamond in the rough in the uh, in the draft. Um, I don't think it's your priority, though, in the draft. There's a lot more to choose from.
Yeah, there is. There is. They, they, they have to make different moves in the first and second rounds. But I think, as I said, Sanders would be great in the third mm-hmm. round. Um, Kate Stover is somebody else to keep an eye on as the uh, the um, senior bowl season hits. Uh, ben Sinat and uh, and uh, oh, God, what's what's Dalian Holker? You know, mm-hmm. he, yes. he's, he's, a, he's another, he's, you know, he's a Colorado state kid. I haven't watched a lot of film on him, but what I've seen so far, I've liked. And of course, Leslie, thank you so much for that yeah. great question. on tight end question, Leslie. And you know what, Murph, it actually lends us quite nicely into our next question, because if the Patriots are not going to invest outside the organization to find tight endage, or at least according to our estimation, they won't. Will they go outside the organization for a new pass catching back to support Ramondre Stevenson? Ezekiel Elliott did a pretty good job of that this year with 51 catches, but will Zeke seek elsewhere in 2024? If that happens, the Patriots do have a void there that they need to fill. How are they going to fill it? Murph and I are going to discuss that and more when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast wraps up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This next segment of Locked On Patriots is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And Locked On listeners, sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Whether it be big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Today, I want to say how I really feel about something, and that is the emotional roller coaster of anxiety, excitement, and bittersweet feelings when it comes to the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick parting ways after 24 amazing years. Gerard Mayo is already bringing a lot of excitement and anticipation to the Patriots. And I don't want to speak for all of you out there, but for me personally, it is definitely bittersweet. I'm going to miss Bill Belichick, but like all of you out there, I'm anxious and I'm excited to see what Gerard Mayo can bring to the table. And what's important to remember here, folks, is that sometimes life can imitate art, or in this case, sports. Sometimes we have so many feelings on a particular subject that from one moment to the next, we're not quite sure how to act or feel. Therapy can be different for everyone. And let's face it, most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. It's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. That's fans. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots, spending time on your Monday and kicking off your week in style with hashtag Locked On Murph Monday and, of course, Mailbag Monday. Joining me, as always, is the legend himself, Thomas Murphy. And Murph, in the previous segments, we've talked coaching. We've talked tight endage. But I think this question now that comes up from another one of our valued everydayers is a question that not a lot of Patriots fans are asking, but I think they should be because it's such an important part of crafting a solid NFL offense, whether it's modern, whether it's vintage. You always need good, solid firepower when it comes to your running back core. And obviously, Patriots still set at the top. Ramondre Stevenson will be your feature back, folks, as it should be. But the Patriots always like to employ that backfield receiver that can change the complexity of an offense 
Last season, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, did a pretty decent job of that. As we said in the previous segment, 51 receptions. He led the team in receptions in 2023. Now, I understand the Patriots had their issues when it came to getting guys the ball and getting protection. So Pat's offense wasn't exactly a juggernaut, but that does speak very highly of Ezekiel Elliott. If Elliott chooses to return, the Patriots may already have their guy on staff. But if not... The Patriots are probably going to need to go outside the organization because I think Kevin Harris still needs a year to still be considered that top third down option Um, and maybe even a little bit more seasoning as a pass catcher. So Pats would be smart to either bring in a veteran or maybe bring in some help via the draft. And that's what our good friend Tucker wants to know. Brady Boy 12 at Tucker Ross Khan asks, do you think Bucky Irving would be a good fit on the Pats for a pass catching back or what pass-catching running back do you like for us in the draft or free agency? Murph, question is yours, my friend. Yeah, um, I, I love Bucky Irving as mm. as a um, as a pass-catching back. I think he would be a fantastic addition uh, here in New England. He's he's uh, he he the kid has it all. Mm. He really does. He's he's probably you know in the top five backs in this in this draft. Again, if uh, the Patriots are smart and they end up using a a pick uh, in this trade, they end up trading back and getting additional second round picks or uh, third round picks, and they can move back up into the second round. Yeah, I w- I I think he would just be you know phenomenal, and the people here in New England would really love it. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that he's going to be Mr. White, but you know, he, he could grow into something. Another guy that, that I have my, uh, <clears throat> my eye on who's a pass catching back in, in this, um, in this draft is Marshawn Lloyd out of USC. Mm. I think Lloyd would be fantastic. You know, you could grab Lloyd in the third round. He's a real sleeper in this year's class. And, um, he, he's, he has to be, hands down the most physical back in this in this draft class and he can also catch the ball out of the backfield yeah without any question very good pull when any time that you can stand out at usc running the football folks you know you're doing something special uh and you know that it's a situation where other teams are going to start to take a look at that i agree with you irving is absolutely the gem of the crowd when it comes to pass catching backs but this kid can run the ball as well 6.3 yards per carry for 1180 yards and 11 touchdowns, 56 catches for 413 yards and two touchdowns. This kid is not just an outlet receiver. That's where he's going to find his niche, I think, in the pro game. But this is a kid that can do it all. And again, the Oregon connection, that's always an opportunity to see what these guys can do in the NFL. So I love Irving. I really think it would be a smart pick for the New England Patriots. But it's going to depend on their needs, and it's going to depend on where he goes. I've seen Irving projected as high as an early second rounder. I haven't seen him projected in the first all that much, although I have seen no. some projections that have him possible late day one. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch for this kid. But if you look at him and he's someone that goes early day two, yeah, that could be an issue for the Pats because I think other needs are going to be so poignant and so pertinent for the Patriots to address there. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult, but 
ultimately, Tucker, I don't think Murph and I would have a problem seeing him in a Patriots uniform. Not at all. I'm glad you mentioned diamonds in the rough because I did a little digging on Tucker's question, uh, you know, over the weekend and tried to take a look at some players that may not be getting the press or the um, social media attention that they deserve. But I'll tell you who jumped out at me as someone that could potentially be a late round steal if the Patriots play their cards correctly. Yep. And that is UNH's Dylan Lauby, a name that not a lot of people are talking about right now, folks. But this kid's got good size. He's 6'1", 225, good speed in the open field, averaged mm-hmm. 4.5 yards per carry and 715 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. But here's where this kid jumps off the page to me. As a receiver, 68 catches, 699 yards, seven scores. Wow. That's not even his best season. His best season actually came as a junior he averaged 4.9 yards per, per carry, 1,205 yards, 15 touchdowns, and he caught 49 passes for that season for 464 yards and two scores as well. If he plays his cards right and he rises during the pre-draft workouts, during the opportunities that he's going to get to showcase his talent, folks, keep an eye on this kid. Do not yep. forget that name. I would love to see him stay here in New England and remain in New England. I know a lot of you are going to groan out there and say, yeah, he's doing it at UNH. Let's see him do it against pro-level competition. That's what pro days are for. That's what this pre-draft workout cycle is there for. I I wasn't even thinking of Michael. Great Mm. great work. And I want to see what this kid can do when he's pressed, when he's actually given pro-level competition. Can he rise to that level? I tell you, his tape is electric, and I really loved watching this kid. Um, if and if he shows if he shows up, I'm telling you, the Patriots need to at least keep this kid on their radar. That, exactly, and um, you know, I wasn't even thinking him, and that's a fantastic point. Um, when when people start talking about uh, you know, the the level of the competition, they they also don't consider the level of teammates that that mm. you're playing with. Okay, let's see what this kid can actually do with pro level teammates with with those that offensive line that's going to open up those holes with that quarterback that's going to be able to hit him out of the backfield and um in stride and and uh anticipate his next move you know he's going to throw him open uh that's great great pick michael i I wouldn't mind seeing that at all Mm, i mean at all that that (laughs) that has patriots sixth round flyer on it you know all (laughs) all day long fifth round you know roll of the dice let's see what this kid can do and god knows that the uh the um the uh running back room needs a little bit of uh of filling out yeah absolutely and you know what lobby could possibly do it you know who else might be able to round that out murph um the type of player that i know you've loved to imply i know you like the big round men up front but murph has a real penchant for Scrappy running backs, guys that may be a little bit undersized, but have that tenacity, that intestinal fortitude, as the late great Gorilla Monsoon once said, to never give up on a play. He loved Deuce Vaughn last year. I think that was a big blow by the Patriots. That really should have happened here in New England. Um, You know, guys like J.J. Taylor, these guys that come in and give you everything 110%. Or if we talk some juniors here when it comes to this draft class, Yep. How about Frank Gore Jr. Frank Gore out of Jr. Southern Miss? 5'8", 195. This kid is not well-sized, nope. but boy, I'll tell you, is he a tough runner, excellent yep. instincts. 
if you need help, who's a better consigliere than his father, Frank Gore, one of the best in the business doing what he did for years. But, folks, he can do it. 4.9 yards per carry last year, 1,131 yards, 10 touchdowns, yep. 27 catches, 221 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. Right. You want someone that's going to be a player that I think will give you 110% Frank Gore Jr. might That's be it. worth a, a late-round flyer. To a, and sign senior to a 10-day contract from the first week <laughs> of the season. Please. Absolutely. I, I guarantee you Frank can still play. That would, that be, guy it, is, it would just yeah. be brilliant. If you yep. did it, he'd probably take somebody's spot for the rest of the year. You would probably <laughs> want him just to be in that running back's room for the it's rest true. of the year. It, it it's true. fantastic. And then give him the ball at the goal line. Absolutely. And you know what? Yeah, you want to talk about Fountain of Youth players, folks. Frank Gore oh, definitely epitomizes that. Wow. Oh, Tucker, I know we've God. gone on and on yep. about uh, prospects in the NFL draft that we like. In terms of guys that are out there on the open market, I mean, you could take flyers on guys like Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard. Yep. I mean, these are great receiving backs. I think both are going to be priced out of your range. The Patriots have to allocate right. those funds, even though they've got about $69 million in available cap space you got to allocate that smartly, and the That's Patriots it. need to go for positions of need. So well, I mean, as much as Eckler I love Eckler. If wanted to come in here for, for $7, 8000000 million, and I, mm. I'd do it. Um, I have people out here, you know, talking about throwing a bag at Saquon Barkley. There's, there, you know, you, you can't throw a bag mm. at yeah. this position. You, no. you really can't. And, and as much as I would like to see Saquon Barkley, that, that money could be spent in so many mm. different ways and on so many different players to bring in people that, that you need, people that we talked about earlier in this show. Um, Josh Jacobs is out there. Yeah, yeah, try to get that past him. Josh, you want to come here to New England? That's that's mm. not going to happen. But, um, you know, Derek Henry is probably going to end up getting paid somewhere. This is not the place to spend money. It's it's yeah. really not. This is the place to draft people and bring them in and and keep doing things the Patriot way, the Belichickian way, if for lack of a better word. Hmm. And that's an interesting that that's an interesting point on Eckler as well because Eckler is coming in off of a down season. There's no question right. about it. We know the high ankle sprain in Week One definitely hampered his ability to compete for the rest of the year. You look at what he did just one year earlier when fully healthy set career right. highs in receptions with 107, 722 yards, five touchdowns, all from right. the receiving part of that backfield. I'm telling you, folks, Austin Eckler can do it. Murph said, if you can get him on a reduced deal, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better receiving back out there that could right. fit into the Patriots system very well. I covered Austin during his time, uh, the early days at uh, um, in Los Angeles in 2017, 2018, and the kid works. He absolutely if, does. If and you I think could, he if here. right? If you could bring him in here on a two-year, fully guaranteed, eight, sixteen million dollar contract, I think that would be more than competitive. And I think that might be able to bring him in here, especially, especially seeing the the deep need for it, and yeah. using him as strictly a third down back with the guys that are already here then it, it might be uh, advantageous to him. The only thing is, you know, he's at the at the point in his career where uh, we've talked about it before. There are two types of free agents on, on the planet, the ones that are looking to get paid and the ones that are looking for a title, which is more important to him right now, wearing that ring or being able to buy the wife a ring when you need to. <laughs> and ultimately Austin or any free agent out there on the market right. folks is going to have to make that decision for himself heading into the 2024 NFL season. But 
Murph, once again, you absolutely blew the lid off a tremendous mailbag this week, folks. Major hat tips to Ted, to Leslie, and of course to Tucker for amazing questions this week. And me, of course, personally, I appreciate this guy over on the other side of the screen because he's always there for the handoff and he always brings spot on information. Before I let you go, please let everyone know where they can reach out to you, interact with you, and what you got cooking in Murph's kitchen for the remainder of the week. Yeah, please follow along on X, on Zitter, on the for- the artist formerly known as Twitter, at TMurf207. You can read my stuff over there at DieHardBostonSportsFans.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And definitely, folks, check him out at TMurf207. You'll always be very well informed by what Murph has to say. And who knows, folks, there's a really, really, really good chance you're going to see him again on these airways before the week is through. But in the meantime, I'm Mike DeBate. And on behalf of Thomas Murphy, I remind you to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked on Patriots.